Welcome to TWW, The Weekly Wheel, where each week the Dharma Wheel rolls and delivers you new content available anywhere at any time in your everyday life. We present a mindfulness service, which has three components. First, meditation. And then we meditate with sound through chanting. You can have your mind wander when you sit in silence, but it's very difficult to wander as you chant. You need to focus on the next character, on your breathing, on the next line. And if you pat yourself on the back too much or become too self-aware, you'll miss a line. And then lastly, we have something called active listening, where we lean into and really listen to the Dharma talk given by our senseis. You could think of silent meditation and sound meditation through chanting as preparatory to get our minds focused and open and clear so we can really listen clearly and really take in the Dharma. And in a sense, it perfumes the mind. The mind is slowly changed as it hears new points of view, new perspectives, and new approaches to dealing with life. It's set up much like an in-person service. It's led, moderated by multiple voices. So you get a variety of opinions, a variety of, of perspectives as you go on your journey. So I hope you will join us now for this mindfulness service presented to you by the people at The Weekly Wheel and the Orange County Buddhist Church. Thank you so much. We will now have seated meditation. Take a moment to see that your back is straight and centered with your shoulders relaxed. If you're in a chair, it's best to sit forward slightly rather than leaning on the chair back and keep your feet flat on the floor. Try keeping your eyes half open, resting the gaze gently downward, without focusing on anything in particular. In the same way, be open to whatever sounds are coming into your ears, whether from inside the room or outdoors. We are not trying to isolate ourselves from the world around us, but rather feel that we're part of that world. If you like, you may count your breaths from one to ten. Inhale deeply, let it all out. Try slowing down your rate of breathing relative to what it would be at other times. We are not trying to think about anything in particular or visualize anything. We simply watch our thoughts come and go.
Please put your hands together in gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namandabutsu. 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 You may stretch your legs and then please stand. We will now have our standing meditation session. Your upper body is in the same position as for sitting meditation. Straight head and spine, shoulders back, eyes half open, hands comfortably positioned in front. Legs should be shoulder width apart with knees slightly bent. Again, rock forward and backward and side to side to find your center. Standing meditation reminds us to take our meditation practice out into the world, waiting in line at the store, being stuck in traffic, going through TSA security at the airport. Over time, meditation becomes a practice for the body and mind that can be recalled when needed most in situations that may be merely annoying, perhaps frustrating, or even stressful. We will begin at the sound of the bell.
Please put your hands together in gasho and bow. Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz. Return to your seat or cushion. Sitting in this way, we might wonder what purpose we are achieving. Actually, there is no specific purpose. I think it's really to make us aware of what sitting is, what breathing is, standing is. What are these simple activities that we do most of the time without thinking about them at all? We'll begin our second sitting at the bell.
Please put your hands together in gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namandabutsu. 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 We will begin uh, sutra chanting. Sutra chanting is actually a portion of a sutra that we will chant. Uh, most sutras are far too long to be able to chant in one sitting. So for us, uh, we're usually chanting a verse out of a longer narrative or prose. And that's why uh, each line consists of perhaps four or five or seven characters. When we chant, we read from left to right, just like in English, and we move down the first column, and then we move to the second column, and so on. Open circles uh, represent bells uh, for the chant leader to ring. So we always begin a sutra chant with two bells. Whenever we change a section, we use one bell to kind of signal that we're changing uh, from one section to another. And then when you end a sutra chant, you always end with three bells. Each syllable here is written in Romanized characters, English characters, and each syllable here represents a kanji, a Chinese character, and it's written phonetically. It's the sound of the character. The vowels have the same pronunciation independent of location or their neighbor. So this is different from English. And the vowel sounds, uh, I've been told, resemble those in Spanish. So we have A, E, I, O, and U. And they're pronounced A, E, E, O, and U. And then uh, you'll see uh, italicized lines. Uh, those are leader lines that I chant alone. And you will also see underlines under some of the characters. And that means that rather than each character getting a single beat, an underlying character will get a beat and a half. And to kind of make up that little extra time, the next character in line will only get a half beat. And what you do is you don't really concern yourself too much about the meaning of what's being chanted. This isn't flashcards. We're not trying to learn something. This is a ritual. And so we chant together as a feeling of oneness. Don't worry too much about how you're doing. Be aware and mindful of each character. Uh, this is a form of meditation. Uh, rather than silent meditation, we're meditating through sound. So, you know, you see the character, you say it, you forget about it, you move on, and you say the next character. And over time, it becomes effortless, and you'll begin to memorize it uh, without realizing it. We will now chant Ju Gay. Yeah. 
Please put your hands together in gasho and bow. Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts. The Story and the Practice When considering Buddhism, we tend to envision its practice. For many, this would be sitting meditation on a cushion, facing a blank white wall for long periods of time. In his new book, Pure Land, History, Tradition, and Practice, Charles B. Jones explains another Buddhist approach known as the story. This is the foundation of Pure Land Buddhism. He begins the book with this premise. A story forms the heart and foundation of Pure Land Buddhism. Elements of the story are scattered across several texts. Nevertheless, the narrative about to unfold is the story for all practitioners of Pure Land Buddhism. This story is a transcendent one. It is beyond time, occurring a very, very long time ago. Our hero is a powerful king who shall remain nameless because his name is not important. The figure could be anyone. Many eons ago, a Buddha named Lokas Vararaja appeared in the world. An unnamed king heard of this and developed an aspiration to attain enlightenment under his tutelage and for the sake of all beings. Renouncing his kingdom, he became a monk bodhisattva named Dharmakara and joined Lokas Vararaja's assembly. What is important is that he renounces his secular life to pursue a spiritual path alongside his teacher. His Dharma name becomes Dharmakara, and he proceeds along his journey with the intention to become Amida Buddha, the infinite Buddha. As Dharmakara outlined his religious aims to his master, he laid particular emphasis upon the various qualities of the Buddha land that he intended to establish upon his enlightenment. Dharmakara, finally, ten eons ago, he achieved perfect awakening and became the Buddha known as Amida Buddha. The fact that he attained his goal means that his vows came to fruition. His transformation to Amida Buddha provides a narrative of the Pure Land Way. His name becomes a beacon to everyone, encouraging others to join him. Saying his name, Namo Amidabutsu, as they too proceed along the path. The sound and meaning of this story pervade our lives as well. We find teachers and teachings all around us throughout our very lives. The tradition that we will be exploring bases itself squarely upon the story that describes how Dharmakara conceived and executed his Buddha land. It understands that the fulfillment of the vows he undertook at the outset of his long and arduous journey to Buddhahood laid open a way for ordinary, non-elite Buddhists to escape samsara and to secure their true awakening. This story is also meant to become our story. First, we study it, then we identify with it, and then finally, we are able to embody it. We can find Dharmakara's words within our service book in the Sambutsuge. When we chant the Sambutsuge, we are actually repeating Dharmakara's words. We are speaking in the third person as a student, Dharmakara, praises his teacher, Lokasvararaja, like so. Your radiant continence 
is majestic, and your dignity is boundless. Radiant splendor such as yours has no equal. Even the blazing light of the sun, moon, and mani jewels is completely hidden and obscured, and looks like a mass of black ink sticks. The continence of the Buddha is unequaled in the world. The great voice of the perfectly enlightened one resounds throughout the ten quarters. It then shifts to the first person as Dharmakara announces his own intentions. I vow to become a Buddha equal to you, the most honored king of the Dharma, and to bring sentient beings from birth and death to the final attainment of emancipation, my practice of giving, self-discipline, observance of precepts, forbearance, diligence, and also meditation and wisdom shall be unsurpassed. I resolve that when I become a Buddha, I will fulfill this vow in every way possible. And to all beings who live in fear, I will give great peace. In time, this voice becomes our own voice as well. We chant our own spiritual intentions and eventually become the hero of our own spiritual journey. The story becomes our story. This is the Pure Land journey. In Gosho, Reverend John Turner. Today's program was presented and produced by the Buddhist Education Center of Orange County Buddhist Church. This podcast is copyrighted 2022 by the Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California, all rights reserved.